Hey everyone, this is Marissa Phillips from Y'all Heard, and um, hey everybody, rate us on iTunes. Five stars is a charm, and why not leave us a voicemail? Five seven zero oh, pod what one? Doesn't matter what you say in your voicemail. We promise we'll appreciate it. We don't get many. Thank you. podcast in which two friends me pete phillips and me marissa phillips we're not related we guide you up the difficult climb of the tree of knowledge which gets a really bad rap in the bible but like for two thousand years it's kind of gotten more secular and you can really like anybody can eat apples from it now and it's okay in other words we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know Marissa, um, I believe that you were going to tell me something that I needed to know about one of our fans. Yes. So, Pete, I wanted to tell you about how I got called out this week. And you know what? I accept it. Our loyal fan, Juan, called me out, and I have the text in front of me. And he said, holy shit, Marissa, what's wrong with hippies? (laughs) I think the world will be a better place with more hippies. Uh, I want to be more of a hippie. And so You're better than that, Juan. Well, (laughs) instead of being really defensive, I said, okay, Juan, how do you define a hippie? And he said, mostly misunderstood people who don't sweat the small stuff in life and just want everyone to treat each other nicely and be good to the earth. He says, I think hippies are a good antidote to all the craziness going on. Their calm energy can balance out all the crazy energy. Well, Juan said, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, the, the, in theory, I don't mind it. Yeah. So, here's the thing. Basically, what I realized is that me and Juan have different definitions of hippies. Um, I always thought about a few different things when I hear the word hippies. I either think of people who feel the need to smell bad and be dirty just because, <laughs> and I don't even know the reason. Mm-hmm. Or I think of the potheads that I used to know in high school yeah. who thought they were more enlightened than everyone just because they smoked pot. Or I think of those um, Coachella white girls. Yeah. Who are who have like Who have like those headband things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wearing little headbands or wearing like, I don't but, know, some sort of Native what... American garb. I think what rises to the surface here is the difference between, you know, even going back to the goth episode or the eco-sexual episode or whatever it may be, like, you either, like, do it for, I don't know, do it for aesthetics, like you dress like a hippie, but you think hippies look cool, but you're like a dirty, smelly D-bag, or like, you have the heart of the hippie, and you're super nice to people, even though you're like... Like, the description that Juan gave you, I'm thinking, like, reminds me the most of a woman that I know who is, like, just a straight, normal mom of two adult children. (laughs) And she's just a nice person, and she doesn't sweat the small stuff, and everything, you know, like, everybody likes being around her. But she doesn't, like, wear tie-dye, and she does get showers and stuff like that. Yeah, and, 
I think I mentioned it last episode where uh, my Uber driver was telling me about how... All those flowers. Yeah, how we need plant energy so we can become like more one with the earth. And the way he pitched it, I totally bought it. And yeah. I was just like, okay. And I guess like he kind of had like a hippie thing going on, but I didn't think about it that way. So, Juan, thank you for calling me out. I'm going to try to be more self-aware. Because, yeah, like you said about the goths and the punks, um, I always consider myself a punk because I think punks uh, are very open-minded and very DIY. However, I realize that someone else could see punks as chaotic, dirty people who are just, like, who just want to, like, screw shit up. Yeah. So I realized, like, every title has, like, a good and bad. So I was just focusing on the bad of hippies. And thank you, Juan, for showing me the good side. And that's why, Juan... Who do you think you are? Who do we think you are? You're a favorite fan. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. Do we have a... Are we going to do a... Icebreaker. Marissa, I'm going to throw an icebreaker at you. <clears throat> But it's okay. not too crazy or anything. Okay. It's very similar to what we do on a regular basis. But I was re-listening to some of our older shows today to try to kill time at work. Uh, we used to start the show by saying, what is one of the bright lights in your dark, dark week? <laughs> Oof. Um, bright lights in my dark, dark week. Do you have an answer first? For me, it's been... <laughs> and I'm laughing as I say this because I think it's stupid to say, coming from me, it's been the NBA playoffs. <laughs> wow, all right. Because uh, there's been something on every single night of the week on TV, so that when I want to sort of sit and not think about anything else from the week, I can just sort of watch it. I am not rooting for anybody, <laughs> so I don't yeah. really like have any... St- I'm just watching and admiring good basketball when it's good i'm not like yeah, yeah. ooh, i hope they lose or ooh, i hope they win so yeah it's kind of just been uh a little bit easy and relaxing to do that got it okay um you had pizza today that sounds like a pretty bright light i've had the pizza a lot ooh. and it's getting old um you guys couldn't see the face but i saw the face she is not into the pizza anymore <laughs> i'm sick and i'm so irritable today but um, after I get off this podcast, I'm going to watch Riverdale, and I think somebody dies today. It's not there a spoiler. Is a shocker. I don't even see it. Yeah, so that's going to be the highlight of everything. Riverdale is, is my bright light. Yeah. I know. Riverdale's my everything. I know. What? <laughs> Shut up. Oh, yeah, and if you're in Philly, uh, on the 27th, there's a live Riverdale sketch show at Good Good Comedy, and anticipating that is my bright light. Yeah? Did you, like, yeah. get a ticket already, or...? No, I should do that soon. Sounds like something that's going to sell out. Yeah, I know. All the adult Riverdale fans. Which are many. <laughs> Don't say that judgingly. Speaking, Speaking of TV of shows... TV shows... <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of how to, like, introduce this as a topic, and this is the best I could come up with, was the idea of gaslighting. Um, okay. Gaslighting is that thing where people uh, convince you that you're crazy because you believe something to be true that they say is not true. I hate that term because it doesn't, I don't feel like the name of it indicates what it is at all. Yeah. So it's really frustrating if you're the person receiving it and it's really manipulative on the person who. Person and it's really like, satisfying if you're the person doling it out. Right? <laughs> and yes. 
really, it's like such a a powerful skill to have if you are a really confident person and you can convince people that what you're saying is right. Um, the example that I want to put out here is Ghostbusters, okay? There are two words, ghost and busters, that's so common that when I write ghost space busters, all the spell checks go, no, that's one word, I believe you mean Ghostbusters. And I did. They're so famous because of Peter Venkman, Raymond Stance, Egon Spengler, and Winston Zeddemore, who's, I, I didn't even know he had a last name. But, like, here's the thing. Those weren't the only Ghostbusters. And I'm not talking about peripheral characters. I'm talking about a cartoon called The Ghostbusters. Okay. And when I bring it up to people, they go... I think you're, like, mistaken, you know? What are you talking about? And I'm like, no, no, no. I swear to God this cartoon existed. And they're like, oh, yeah, you mean the cartoon version of the movie, right? Where it's just the cartoon version of the Ghostbusters. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what I mean. And then they go, well, what was it about? And I say, well, uh, it was about ghost hunters, three of them primarily, two white guys, and a gorilla named Tracy. And people would be like, no, you're totally making that up. That never existed. And for a really long time, I thought that they were right and that I just imagined this somehow. How many people did you talk about this with? Um, not a lot because the first few people made me feel so crazy. Okay. <laughs> but one of the people who made me feel really crazy back in the day about this was Greg. Greg was like a uh, former roommate old college friend Greg was like no that didn't exist you're crazy and the shitty part for me was that the internet didn't have anything about it on it at the time wow (laughs) since it does but at the time there really wasn't anything on there and I really could just not convince anybody or prove my point but I was not crazy and I did not slip into like an alternate dimension uh for a moment and then come back believing even having something on the internet doesn't prove it right, as right? Kazam Shazam has shown us. And the uh, election of Donald Trump. Uh... In 1986, there were two cartoons on TV <laughs> at the same exact time. One called the Ghostbusters, the other called the real Ghostbusters. That's and really weird. The real Ghostbusters, much like the aforementioned president, <laughs> is like a lame Twitter handle. <laughs> because the Ghostbusters, without the word real in it, is the show that I remember. Wow. The real Ghostbusters is the cartoon version of the uh, famous 1984 Ivan Reitman movie. Um, But they had to go with the real Ghostbusters because the Ghostbusters, that's a three-word title, the Ghostbusters, originally existed as a live-action children's comedy show uh, back in 1975. It starred Forrest Tucker and Larry Storch, who were apparently uh, recurring characters or something in a show called F Troop that people seemed to like. And so these guys kind of went off and started this show. And then there was a guy named Bob Burns who spent most of his time in the gorilla costume, which actually is very comparable to the one that I own, which I mean is not very good. So, yeah, the show kind of (laughs) the show was sort of like slapstick comedy goofy scares it was for kids after all they hunted all the usual monsters like dracula frankenstein's monster there was a mummy in there all that sort of stuff if you want to know more about it look it up i don't care because what i'm focusing on is the cartoon that existed okay so what happens is 1975 they have this show called the ghostbusters 
And then, in 1984, uh, Columbia Pictures is putting out a movie called The Ghostbusters. But what they realize, sort of late in the game, is that there's already this property out there that exists from 1975. So what yeah. they do is they license the name from the parent company, which was called Filmation. They give Filmation half a million dollars, and they go, we're going to use the name. They also promised 1% of profits, but apparently with Hollywood accounting, you can divert money and change things around. So basically, the movie The Ghostbusters made no, no profits based on Hollywood accounting. What? And That's so crazy. basically this company, which was supposed to get a half a million dollars and 1% of all the money made off of the Ghostbusters Aww. movie... Only got the half a million dollars, but come on, it's half a million dollars in the 80s. I think that's pretty decent. I so, guess, but that's really skeezy. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's Hollywood, am I right? So, okay, it, now you're following the timeline, right? So we had this show called The Ghostbusters that wasn't awesome. Then they made this movie called The Ghostbusters, which was awesome. Now it's time for us to cash back in on that property and start a cartoon that's about the people who were in the 1975 show. So they start to make this cartoon, but then the Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters people, are like, whoa, whoa, slow down. We're making a cartoon, too. We're going to use the name. But we don't want to pay you for the name, so we're going to call it the real Ghostbusters instead of the Ghostbusters. Wow, this is really convoluted. <laughs> and, and it's all good. So... The cartoon that I want to talk about, it basically picks up with, from the descendants of the original characters in the 1975 show. Except the gorilla. The gorilla is the same exact character. Okay. <laughs> how, how do real gorillas live really long? I would not think so. I mean, okay. they're so close to you and I that I would think they would have close to a normal human lifespan. But Jake Kong Jr. and Eddie Spencer Jr., are the sons of the original Ghostbusters from the live-action series of the same name. Tracy okay. the Gorilla worked with their fathers. <laughs> their headquarters, termed Ghost Command, is located in a haunted mansion nestled between a number of tall skyscrapers. They are supported by a number of secondary characters, including Ansabone, a talking skull phone, Skelevision, a talking skeleton television, Belfry, a pink talking bat that looks a lot like Piglet, and Ghost Buggy, their talking ghost car. The bat talking makes sense, but the phone talking and the TV and the, talking are really pushing it. And the car is okay, too? I'll take that. <laughs> they occasionally enlist the aid of Futura, a time-traveling ghostbuster from the future, and Jessica Ray, a local TV news reporter. Together, they have dedicated themselves to ridding the world of the evil ghost wizard, Primeval, and his cast of henchmen. Okay. I only rewatched one episode. It was called Mummy Dearest. By the way, they're all on YouTube and you can watch them all for free. They put the 1975 show on Amazon Prime for like a month, but it quickly disappeared. And I was like, what kind of like salacious business happenings are going on in the background that they took it off? Anyway, I only rewatched the one episode. Again, it's called Mummy Dearest. It's important, right? Uh, it was about the main villain, okay? Primeval. Using a mummy to scare off oil workers in the Middle East so that he can hold the world's oil supply hostage and cripple the Earth. And I feel like that is some pretty advanced villainy for a kid's show. Yeah, it's <laughs> like government-level shit. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. The way that the episode unfolds is uh, Primeval has this mummy, and he makes the mummy gigantic, so he's, like, huge. And then the mummy scares the people away from the oil fields. So our ragtag team of Ghostbusters comes in, and they have a thing to shrink the mummy. It's like a particle gun or something. But it doesn't work. And 
Tracy, the gorilla, is like, we need some stuff in order to make this work. So they don't give up. They keep working on this gun, and they fix it, and then they shoot the mummy with it. The mummy shrinks down, and everything's fine. At the end of every episode, the skeleton TV talks to you and tells you what the lesson of the episode was. So this whole entire thing about the oil crisis in the Middle East was, don't give up even if your dematerializer stops working. (laughs) I like it. I really don't have a lot that I'm trying to say here. I'm just trying to use this platform that I have to say, I see you, Ghostbusters, and I remember you. Because I do remember sitting down to watch this show. I remember the theme song. I remember being so excited to watch it. Marissa, hold on a second. Let's go! to it without just feeling sad knowing that it stands no chance against the other one (laughs) yeah it's true and it's just kind um, of it's like i'm listening to a tragedy (laughs) the white guys are wearing like suits like purple suits with like yellow shirts underneath and like purple ties and stuff anyway i thought it was really fun it sounds like it would be fun but like i said it's hard to just find it as purely fun and not tragic today of course but like i'd just be playing in the house and it would be on tv and I know yeah. that this sounds dumb, but I would just have like this sense of calm knowing that the Ghostbusters was on TV. Yeah, it sounds really dumb. Sometimes <laughs> I was even excited to watch the show. And you know, excitement is not something that hits me very often anymore. No, not at all. So to recall, being excited is is something that I look back on fondly. Season. Yes. I don't think that I knew the Ghostbusters movie at the time. Oh, okay. Maybe I did and I didn't care. But eventually I did become like one of those stranger things kind of kids. Uh, and I was like all into Ghostbusters and stuff. But like, Oh, okay. I was, wow. I was like, that could go in so many directions that you became like a stranger things kid. I do recall people saying that Slimer was too scary in the movie for kids to go see it. So maybe my mom just heard that and that was an excuse to not have to go and see it. But this cartoon still held and holds a place in my heart. But of course... Uh, as with everything when you're a kid, it doesn't really hold up very well. I will say, though, it had 65 episodes that aired in one season. And That's a on... lot of episodes. I know. TV used to be a business, man. 65 episodes, five days a week, none on the weekends, for three months, I think, in the fourth quarter of 1986. That's uh, crazy. Do you, do you want to know how many episodes the real Ghostbusters show had? Yeah. Seven seasons worth. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <laughs> So they did really lose uh, in this one. But it went on to be syndicated in various channels, and I can't say which one I watched it on. But I really remember thinking that the talking car was super cool because it could be a rocket and all sorts of stuff. I thought the theme song was dope at the time. (laughs) And I thought working with a gorilla would be really cool, and that dream of mine has not come true. I don't think it would be so cool in real life. I think they'd probably rip your face off. Yeah, well, depending on the day. Yeah, depending (laughs) on the day. So, yeah, I've always liked this show, and people have always looked at me like I was crazy when when I brought it up. Uh, And then I just stopped bringing it up because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. And I'm so happy that I can use this platform to validate myself uh, to strangers on the Internet. It's so weird how your mind, like, things in your childhood, you have, like, faint memories of them, but, like... 
sometimes you really don't know whether you made them up or not. Like back with the Captain EO episode, how I thought maybe I made up the memories of Captain EO until yeah. I saw it was real. And also, uh, did you ever see the show Pinwheel when you were a kid? No, we've talked about it before, though. Me and my brother both watched Pinwheel in both okay. our generations, not at the same time. We had an argument maybe, like, for, like, ten years until, like, the Internet could, like, fix it. But So Pinwheel had many portions to it. It had live-action portions, and it had, like, little cartoons that they would show each time. And there was this one cartoon called Town that in my child brain, they were all shoes. There was, like, a baker's shoe, a police shoe, a conductor's shoe. I like this. But my brother's like, no, they're all hats. That's why it's called Town. Yeah, like, your brother no! has a very compelling point. There were shoes in my mind. I remember just watching <laughs> the show about shoes. But yeah, he was right. They're all hats, as it made sense. But like, oh man, I fought him so hard. Looks like you need to make a show called Shoeville. <laughs> Hattie Town does does Ralph tongue a little bit better. It's cuter. Now, Pete, you fondly remember the cartoon. Uh, it sounds like there's nothing sinister behind it. However, I took some time to scour the internet to find some mostly fan theories, mostly sinister fan theories that people speculate about their favorite shows. There's also one thing that is not a theory that I threw in there that I just needed to discuss with you because I didn't understand. But we'll get to that last. Some of these I buy and some of these I don't buy. And some of these seem like a really good coincidence. Pete, have you heard any weird theories about SpongeBob SquarePants? Just that it sucks. <laughs> That's a weird theory? <laughs> and that, who is it? Squidward blew his brains out, as we talked about That's in the Creepypasta episode. Yes. I was reading a theory that SpongeBob SquarePants is a show that demonstrates the results of nuclear testing. SpongeBob and his friends look and act in the really annoying and crazy way that they do, because of the exposure to radiation from atomic bombs dropped in the area around Bikini Bottom where the show is set. The show is actually set, according to the official Nickelodeon written synopsis, uh, under a real place called Bikini Atoll. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Back in 1946, the U.S. government detonated a few atomic bombs there. And one of them was actually set off underwater. Now, the resulting explosion created, like, this huge mushroom cloud. And coincidentally, in the SpongeBob cartoon, apparently you often see a mushroom cloud whenever a character drops something on the floor. You see, like, a huge mushroom cloud, apparently. So, that's Not buying that part. I don't know. I've never seen the show. I want to clarify, by the way, just in case there's any SpongeBob heads out there. Juan... Who wants to correct my Spongebob sucks comment? I'm just picking on you one. I can't stand the constant repetition in Spongebob, and that's why it drives me absolutely crazy. How many times did you watch Spongebob? I watched it one time. Whether it was babysitting or something like that, like, for some reason I had to watch it on a regular basis. I feel like I might have dated somebody who liked Spongebob, too, and I was like, this is stupid. Turn the shit yeah, off. Yeah, you probably did. No judgment <laughs> on you, but you probably did. Uh, Not because no they were children, cool. but an adult yeah, no, that liked Spongebob. I know. <laughs> but that one I'll actually buy. Okay. That's probably like, you're probably not really supposed to pick that up, but I, I'll buy it yeah, like yeah, the yeah. writers had that in the back of their mind. Now, Again, just like the political message in the episode of the Ghostbusters that I talked about with the, uh, wait, no, I must have this plot wrong. Let me rewatch the beginning okay. again. No, yeah, they are in the Middle East, and they are, because I thought at first they were at, like, American oil drilling fields or something like that, 
But then they were flying to the Middle East to troubleshoot, and they were like, does anybody see the Middle East? And I was like, this is so dumb. I love it. (laughs) Now, the next one is purely visual. And so I recommend, if you're listening to this, that you pull it up. Google the Magic School Bus Kids and the Captain Planet Kids. Because the kids on the Magic School Bus are the Captain Planet. I feel like that's just a diversity ploy in both parts. <laughs> but they actually have the same haircuts and hairdos in a lot of the pictures, too. Like, yeah. not all of them, but yeah, it, it, obviously it is a diversity ploy. The 80s was big on having a big troop of, of like, a Native American, a black, an, uh, an Asian, a white, and everything. But if you put them side by side, it truly looks like uh, the Magic School Bus kids grew up to be the Captain Planet kids. <clears throat> but I'll move on, because, like I said, it was just visual. This is my favorite, and it takes a lot of belief that might not be backed up but it's weird and i wouldn't say you could disprove it per se there's a theory that either none of the rugrats are real or that they're actually all dead except for angela you mean angelica angelica thank you watch a lot of rugrats (laughs) do you remember Susie? not really she's a little black girl who's like angela's age okay okay well basically all of the babies are dead. And so in this theory... It sounds fascinating. Uh, a lot of these theories are fascinating, but they have, like, big gaps in them. And they just, like, they're like, this is cool. And you're like, yeah, they're going to give me so much proof. And then it just, like, jumps. And you're like, where's the middle? Yeah. But um, in this theory, the babies are figments of Angelica's imagination. Um, the DeVilles, which were the twins, the boy and the girl, the DeVilles <clears throat> had an abortion... And Angelica couldn't decide if it was going to be a boy or a girl. So in her creative brain, she decided it was twins that were supposed to be had by that family. Shockey actually died at the same time that his mother died, which explains the overly anxious and complete mess that is his father. His father's like really neurotic and really spastic and just Mm -hmm. nervous all the time because he lost everyone in his life. And the thought is that Tommy, Tommy Pickles, the main youngest baby in the show, uh, was a stillborn. And his father is relentlessly building toys in his basement because he kind of like wants to imagine these toys are for the dead son that never got he that never got to play with them. So it's like the father like in I wish they took it towards Pinocchio. <laughs> I would like that. And in this theory, uh Susie is the only real one. Uh and she's Angelica's only real life friend. And she just uh goes along with the preposterous fantasies for Angelica's sake. And uh if anyone remembers Rugrats, I think Susie was one of the only like logical ones who had like a good head on her shoulders. But, uh, yeah, I just like how sinister that would be if all the babies are dead and not real. Not that I like dead babies, but, yeah. This reminds me of um, our friend Kathy, who was telling me about a student that she works with who, like, would come in and say that her mom was pregnant and she was going to have a baby tomorrow, but then, like, Kathy would see the mom and the mom was, like, not pregnant. Or, like, if she was pregnant, she wasn't going to have a baby tomorrow or next month. Like, she wasn't showing at all. And, like, yeah, in my brain, it sort of went down that direction where this kid was, like, pretty damaged and just kind of, like, making up a family so that she had things to talk about and, and could look interesting to her friends. Yeah, that's a thing. So that reinforces this theory. Yeah. Your real-life example reinforces it. Proven. Stamp it. <laughs> I would say my favorite one that continuously had bits and pieces but never 
had gaps filled in. But I was like, guys, I feel like if you watch enough episodes, you could get this on lockdown, but nobody did. Actually, there's a whole... I almost did a whole episode about theories on the Doug cartoon. Yeah, But there's a lot. Some of them, like, there was nothing to back it up. There's this huge thing about Doug being racist, and I'm like, you're really speculating. There's another thing about Patty Manny's being a lesbian, and it's like, maybe, but you're going by stereotypes just because yeah. she follows lesbian stereotypes. <sighs> so in this theory, Mr. Jink, do you remember Mr. Dink? That's oh, Doug's yes. neighbor. Of course, I wholeheartedly remember Mr. Dink. <laughs> Let me just Mr. say Dink that. <laughs> is a child predator who has. I have heard this one, by the way. Okay, who is it? But I'm excited for our listeners to hear about it. Who is it? Inappropriate interactions with Doug. Has what you heard end there? Or does it go further? Um, I don't remember. Okay, so he has inappropriate interactions with Doug, and Doug copes with it by taking LSD. Oh, right, because, like, yeah, I, I I feel like but that part doesn't hold up as much. Yes. The LSD part. So, the Mr. Dink part, they... First of all, let's just say, Mr. Dink, creepy as hell. Like, he's got this big, like, rounded, toothy grin. It terrifies yeah. me. I don't want to go back to the Doug is racist thing, but, like, he's purple. That's That's not cool. Mr. Dink has no kids. And they say that he's a child predator who preys on Doug. He basically invites Doug into his house a lot of times to show him, is <laughs> putting quotes, to show him some, quote, very expensive high-tech gadget. Uh, even yeah. in the first episode of the show when they meet, Mr. Dink kind of pressures Doug into coming over uh, to his house. And in the first episode, it's to come over to his house and watch a video. And there's a point in the show where Mr. Dink apparently offers Doug a chance to work in his heavily secured shed. Basically, Mr. Dink is always trying to get Doug to kind of go do something with him kind of privately. And even though Mr. Dink has no children, he's the leader of Doug's Bluff Scout troop, That's which is right. the yeah. equivalent of Boy Scout. Um, and there is an episode where Doug, Geeter, and Mr. Dink all get lost while they're canoeing. And Mr. Dink says he's going to go search for camp. And when Doug and Skeeter go after him, they find him naked in a tree claiming to have lost his pants. And there was an image along with that. And, yeah, Mr. Dink was, like, <laughs> naked and looking like he was straddling a tree. It was very weird. That does sound like an LSD trip. <laughs> I don't even understand Perhaps what the meaning the could be. the truth <laughs> to the theory is that Mr. Dink is an ecosexual. Maybe. But then why is he always trying to lure Doug in his house? Because he wants to spread the word. Okay. It's part of the ecosexual uh, manifest. Oh. <laughs> you, have to, you have to spread the word. You can't just be one. Now, the LSD in these theories is not linked to Mr. Dink. The LSD is linked to Judy Funny, who is Doug's beatnik sister. Uh, oh, yeah, Judy yeah, yeah. Never wants Doug in her room. <laughs> She's what? in beatnik, guys. You get it? The beats? Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> uh, Judy never wants Doug in her room, and it's a strongly enforced rule. And this is a very, very weak point. <laughs> in what I was reading, it says, and in one episode where Doug went through Judy's belongings, she's irate. Why? Because obviously she's got a ton of LSD in there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a thing. Yeah. However... Doug does seem to have a lot of, like, hallucinations. Or you could say, like, he kind of, like, lives on a cloud and daydreams a lot. You could read it 
one of two ways. Either he hallucinates or he daydreams a lot. He's either on drugs or he's super creative. Yeah. Uh, apparently there's an episode where Doug is home alone and he sneaks into Judy's room. And later on, after that, he's in the basement and he begins hallucinating. So, again, there seems to be a lot of people trying to say, like, oh, he was in a room. And then he started hallucinating, like, as if they're necessarily linked. Yeah. Which, maybe, but I feel like it's pushing it. I feel that way with the Mr. Dink side of things, too, because it's like, if he didn't have a pushy neighbor who was always trying to get him to come over or do stuff, then, like, that's probably, like, 30% of the episodes now nothing happens. And so, like, even though in real life it would be very disconcerting to have such a pushy older neighbor who's doing that sort of stuff for the show, you know, you got to have it. Why is he losing his pants? Because he's an ecosexual. We talked about this. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to round it out with something that is not, even though I was reading an article, like, five craziest theories about your favorite shows. This is not a theory, but it points out some stuff that I didn't notice. It's something that I'm embarrassed to admit I really don't get. Uh, this is about Rocco's Modern Life, which is a really weird show. Loved it. I loved it. I feel like I was on the fence. Um, it was just pointing out some dark humor that kids would overlook and some things that were seen to be uh, perverted. Apparently, when Rocco lost his job at Kinda A Lot O Comics, he became a phone sex operator? <laughs> Uh, it says that Mrs. Bighead, the character, called up the hotline, and Rocco picked up the phone and answered in his sexy accent, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. Do you recall any of this? Not exactly, no. <laughs> yeah, me, me neither. But I do think that Mrs. Bighead uh, was definitely a horny old lady. <laughs> yes, she was, yeah. <laughs> when Rocco would visit Heifer, who lives with a pack of wolves, I man, I really don't remember this show, Heifer's father would always yell out, let's eat the beaver. I don't know that I necessarily, I guess it's supposed to be perverted. Rocco's, like, Rocco's a wallaby, not a beaver. Right. But I wouldn't have read it that way. Like, oh, but that's what they meant. Yeah, to me it would mean like, oh, they don't know yeah. he's a wallaby. Plus, this, it's not like he brought a date and they I, go, let's eat the beaver. And you're like, oh, whoa, back off, guys. That is yeah. not okay. Now, here's what I don't get. It says, Rocco and Heifer always ate at a restaurant called Chokey's Chicken, which in the last season all of a sudden became Chewy's Chicken because they knew they could not get away with it any longer. I don't know what that means. Choking the chicken is a euphemism for jerking off. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, but I can't imagine that you would do... Let's just say, like, four seasons, and then in the fifth one, you're like, oh, people are going to catch us finally. Like, you would, people are, would be more suspicious that you changed the name of the restaurant. Is that a really common euphemism? Old, I would say, like, among, like, older people, yeah. I've never heard that in my life. I, yeah. I kept looking at that. I was like, I guess I could have come to that conclusion, but I was just like, what the hell, choking the chicken? All right, whatever. Yeah, I would, I would say the last time I heard it was in a Bloodhound Gang song, so oh. that, you know, <laughs> and, like... They're going to pick up every single euphemism that ever existed for something sexual. So The last thing I'll mention is there's a theory that I didn't write down because I think it's so weak. Hey, Arnold, a lot of people have a theory that it's about a kid who... So he's raised by his grandparents. Right. Uh, but the theory is that they're his actual parents, that he had really old parents. Yes. 
and that because he they had children so late in life, he was born with a birth defect, and there's a birth defect that can give you like the football shaped head that he has, and that it's a show about someone with a birth defect and very old parents. And I'm just like, yeah, if it is fine, so like so what? Yeah, <laughs> that uh-huh. does nothing. I'm, I'm for with you anything. on that. Like I don't care. That's not an interesting theory. That's just like okay. Like, was this, it's not hidden, a dark secret. Yeah, it's just kind of like reimagining something that's there. and Yeah. Right, it doesn't affect the shape of the show very much. Yeah. Uh, except in the movie, right, where he went on the search for his parents. Then his grandparents would be dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. they'd just yeah, be like, yeah, you, you, it's us. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of stuff all over the place. I picked those because they were, like, the most prevalent. Not necessarily the strongest, but definitely the most prevalent. Um, there was another one I wanted to bring up, but then it... I kind of wanted to keep it with cartoons, so I wasn't, like, all over the place. One of them that if you are interested about, like, theories with, with like, kids' um, entertainment, that Super Mario Brothers 3 is a play. Because if you even just, like, play it again, you see, like, curtains everywhere and, like, platforms. Like, there's so, um, so many things, like, built into the game that do kind of set it up. Like, it's a play. When it starts, a curtain raises. It, that's another one, like, so what? <laughs> like, even if it is a play... I thought uh, 2 had the curtain. I think it but does two, also. Right. And there is terminology when it comes to... I, this, This I think, is explainable, even though it may not be true. My theory would be, when you're building something like that, like an interactive media thing, mm-hmm. oftentimes they use theater lingo to explain parts of it so like the main window where things are happening is called the stage and then all of your tools like all the different pieces that you have that you can put into the game whether it be like a bush or a character or something like that they're called like your cast or your characters so like video game building and like digital storytelling took a lot of those theater words so maybe they just really laid it heavy on the game maybe but like who are they performing for then us we're playing it. Yeah, I don't know exactly because <laughs> that's, that's like getting too. I don't know. Then, it's getting too crazy. But I don't know. Uh, crap my favorite part of I Super Mario Three is the whole Koopa family. I love it. I think it's such a great idea and such a great family bonding experience. And Ludwig was my favorite. Is that which one's that? He was like the second to last one. He was like the last sibling. That what, you had what, to go through. what did he have? What was his? Uh, he had um, he had like big Beethoven hair. Oh, yeah, he was fun. When I went to South Korea, they had a keychain of the one with the rainbow mohawk. Remember that one? That might have been Remy. And he had, yeah, I think so. And he had like a wand that would make like music come out of it, I think. Oh, okay. Um, I lost my shit. I bought it and I hope it's still here, but I, I lost my shit. It was, it was in a barrel of like discount dollar toys that were kind of dirty. And I was like, it's a Koopa (laughs) child! Oh my god! And yeah. I just lost my shit. Um, but yeah, guys, I know I didn't bring anything like mind blowing to the table, but get, get off my back. I had a rough week. I would be happy to plug Super Mario Brothers three for you guys. If you want to play, you can come on over to my house, and I can plug in the Super Nintendo, and we can play Super Mario All Stars, which actually also does run like a uh, theatrical thing. Like it starts with the lights dimmed, and then the lights go on, and then everybody's standing there. Yeah. Plugs. Marissa, do you have anything fun to plug this week? You kind of already did with that Riverdale thing. 
Do you know the dates for that? The 27th? Is that a Friday? I think it's the 27th. Yes. Yeah, the 27th at 7 o'clock. Uh, a good, good comedy. Also, um, I get ASMR now, guys. I got a dollar sing of slime at Target. Guys, I just want to slow down because she moved through that a little too fast. What she meant to say was, I get ASMR now. She understands ASMR <laughs> oh, now. Yeah. And in fact, she made three videos and sent them to me. <laughs> and if, we'll put them up on our Patreon page if you donate $10 a month. Sure. Okay. <laughs> or if you want me to make you a personalized slime ASMR video, if you want one, give leave us a voicemail, say you want it, and say where you want me to send it. And that's yeah. that. I could make it audio, visual, a mixture of both. Whatever you I, want. Listen, I have to say, too, if you do this, and this is not up to me, but if you do this, like, say a little something for the show, too, in the message. That'd be yeah. nice for us. Don't just, like, leave a voicemail, like, send me my ASMR video <laughs> to creepystuff at AOL.com. Also, tell me your name. No, no. You don't have to do that. <laughs> Juan said he would Juan said he would leave a, a voicemail when he gets a phone again. Because right now, he doesn't have a phone, I think. He just came from Korea. Guys, Juan... Is killing it with being our fan. Save here's here's my thing. I think we should save the phone call, Juan, and instead we should bring Juan on so that he can talk about hippie culture, and then we can just you know assault him with questions. <laughs> I don't know that he's the poster boy for hippie culture. No, he is now. <laughs> now, now you're gonna make him nervous. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything super grand to uh, plug or anything. I guess I'm plugging the NBA finals. And the show Lost in Space on Netflix, because even though I thought it was going to be real dumb, and it is sometimes, it looks real it's dumb. Also, it's also pretty fun. Really? Okay. If, uh, if you just need some, you know, like veg out TV where you don't have to think a lot, it's fun. Dude, okay. Parker Posey's in it. Come on. Oh, I do love her. Yeah. Who doesn't? Words. <laughs> hey, everybody. In case you didn't catch Marissa's wonderful new song at the beginning of this episode, let me remind you. You can call us at 570-PODWOD1. That is 570 570- Seven six three nine two three one. You can also tweet at us now at y'all heard pod on Twitter. That's like us instead of just me. Um, what else can people do? They can rate and review us on iTunes. That's super nice. You can follow us. Tell your friends. Like if somebody walks out of the room, take their phone and add us to their podcasting app. <laughs> That'd be super nice. We'd appreciate that. Uh, my boyfriend does listen too. to our podcast. Is subscribed to us, which I find more annoying. So like, he subscribes, but he doesn't listen. No. Marissa, just, I'm gonna ask you a question right now. I'm gonna ask you to get real, real like Angelica. Okay. Do you listen to our podcast? Periodically, I'll listen how something turned out, but that'd be really weird if I listened to our podcast. I live our podcast. No. <laughs> Once in a while, I have to listen. Snippets. I have to listen to every episode like five times while I'm editing. Oh, I'm them. sorry. Do you want me to do it in solidarity with you? No, no, no. I but um, I listen to hear how uh, how the little songs I make get woven in, or yeah. to hear how sh- shitty something I might have thought I did was. Or to hear things you make when I'm not there. Um, Daniel, thank you for subscribing. No, hope, don't thank Daniel. I, wait, 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 wait. If you're using your podcasting app that is automatically downloading it, then it's helping us out because we're getting the free download oh, even though you don't is. listen to it. But he's also not listening, so he doesn't know what you're saying right now. That's a good point. Daniel said to me. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>